Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are located in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and our mission is for you to know God and make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how you can partner with us, please go to fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. I'm going to speak about a subject that changed the world absolutely changed the whole world and we'll go into that and it will change your world and so that gives me confidence all right and so anyway praise God I got to get my Bible it's under here somewhere all right I'd like us to turn first of all to a verse first John chapter 5 first John chapter 5 And by the way, it's so nice to see so many here on this hot day. We were kind of wondering if folks would come out. And so nice to see this new family here visiting us, right? God bless you. We're so glad you're here. So nice to have you, all of you who are here for the first time. Thank you for coming. This is the Fredericksburg Full Gospel Fellowship. It's a spirit-filled, non-denominational, fundamental, Bible-believing, evangelical church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. My wife and I have been here for, this is our 32nd year. I started when I was 11 years old. Praise God. I tell everybody. (laughs) Someone said, when are you going to stop lying? I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So this is the verse. It's 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. And if you have it, why don't you read it with me, all right? Together. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It actually says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? But faith is the victory. I'm going to read the next verse. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So it's not just believing, it's believing in someone who's taking care of things for you. And that's called faith. And so we need to realize how important that word is. I mentioned that faith was one of the things or the thing that was used to bring the church out of the dark ages into the Reformation. It was a very important time in the history of the church. And I'd like you to turn to Romans chapter 1 And in Romans chapter 1, we have that keynote verse that changed the world and the Reformation. Of course, perhaps many reformers came to the light of the Bible, but uh, the one that perhaps uh, solidified things in a very large way was Martin Luther. And this was the word. This is Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Romans 1, 17. This is the word that changed the world. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. It's an interesting thing that this word, the just shall live by faith, is found three times in Scripture. It's in Galatians 3.11. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. It's in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. And of course, it's here in Romans 1.17. My minister used to talk about the doctrine of proportionate emphasis, which is a very simple thing. What the Bible emphasizes in that proportion, we should emphasize. The Bible emphasizes that the just shall live by faith. 
not by works of righteousness, but by faith. And so it talks uh, here in uh, Romans how we are justified by our faith in Jesus. Uh, you probably heard this word justified refers to our sins being forgiven. Not only our sins forgiven, but our state of sinfulness covered. God attributes the righteousness of Jesus to you while you're still in this sinful state. Did you hear me? And so you don't have to repent of every sin. Your sins are forgiven. Now you have to repent of transgressions and things that you willfully do wrong. But your state of sinfulness is under the blood and God attributes his righteousness to us. So he looks at us just as if we have never sinned. Well, as a young Christian, I studied Romans profusely. Now many of you don't know my middle name. Who knows my middle name? Raise your hand if you know my middle name. Yes, my middle name is Jeremiah. That's why you don't know my middle name, all right? I remember when I went to Catholic school and the nun looked over at me. There were 56 kids there. And she said, Mike, what does the J stand for in your middle name? I looked around at those 56 kids and I said, Jimmy. I didn't even have the sense to say James, you know. And anyway, so I never liked that name till I found out what it means. It means Jehovah will triumph. I'm down with that. Now I'll tell you a funnier story. A few years ago, it was our 25th anniversary, I took my beautiful wife to Cayman Islands where it all began. Boy, I could go into a long story. I had won a honeymoon trip as a young minister living by faith to Cayman Islands and boy am I glad I went there. So anyway, you got to go to Cayman Islands sometime. So, the just shall live by faith. My name is Jeremiah. So I had to get a passport. So when they gave me the passport, I found out my name isn't Michael Jeremiah Cargan. They just called me Jeremiah because I was named after my uncle Jeremiah. So all my name is Michael Cargan. After all suffering those years with Jeremiah, now I'm Michael Cargan. Now I want Jeremiah. I have to pay $175 to get it back. But I'm going to get it back because Jehovah will triumph. Well, all the folks I trained for at camp knew that my name was Jeremiah, and I was really questioning my salvation at that time. I was a very young Christian. Anybody ever struggle with that at the beginning? Thank God I got the victory. And I studied, I studied Romans. I went into Romans, I didn't, and I studied all of the doctrines in Romans, and so my friends began to call me Justified Jeremiah. Isn't that great? So anyway, that's, that's how that happened. But Romans is a wonderful book. It gives us the progressive themes of salvation. We go from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. You are justified by faith. You are sanctified by faith. You come into the fullness of the Spirit by faith. And by faith, God's working in you a big thing. You are called to be into the image of his son. We don't want to just stop with forgiveness of sins. We want to have everything God has for us. Do you believe that? We want to have the full faith. I like what Paul says in verse 16, one verse before 17. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Now you might be saying today, well, this, this sermon doesn't apply to me, Pastor, because I got saved many years ago. I got saved many years ago too. I've been saved 48 years. But if you think that's long, 
My wife has been saved 64. Now I'm in trouble. But I'm not talking about coming to the Lord this morning getting saved. I want to explain to you that the word salvation, sozo in the Greek, means to be made fully whole. Hallelujah. It includes healing. It includes restoration. It includes deliverance. It has the thought of total transformation into all the victory God has for you. Sozo. I am made whole. Because someone made it that way. Some cared enough to pay the price. And now by faith in his name, we come into all the blessing of God. You know this simple verse in Galatians chapter 2. Excuse me, Hebrew, Rome, Ephesians chapter 2. For we're saved by grace through faith. Say it with me. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Could you imagine if we earned our salvation? Could you imagine if we got good enough to earn God's pleasure? Man, what would we be like? But I want to tell you this morning, we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus and nothing else. Church doesn't save you. Tithing doesn't save you. Being good doesn't save you. Being moral doesn't save you. Knowing God is up there doesn't save you. Now all those things are good because God is up there and church is institute of God and it's his plan and tithing is commanded of God. I believe in all of those things. I believe in being moral. I believe in being righteous. But none of those things will save you. Hallelujah. Because... When you get to the end of all your good works and all you're doing and all your self-righteousness in God's eyes, it's filthy, it's filthy rags and it does not give you entrance into his heaven. You see, the only thing that avails before the Father is the blood of his Son. The only thing that speaks and moves his heart is when you honor his Son by coming to his Son and receiving his Son, Jesus. When you receive his son Jesus, you don't get saved. He saves you. It says you are born again of the spirit. A new life comes into you. You were born of a mom and dad and you were born of the flesh. But you become born again of the spirit. God sends the spirit of his son Jesus into your very being. And now the life of God is working a transformation. It's a changed heart. It's a new life. It's not just a suit of clothes. How do you like my clothes? Bill already told me you got a nice pair of kicks. But there's something on the inside that was corrupted by sin and passed on all men and all of sin and fallen short of the grace of God. But one came, we are justified by faith through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Thank God Jesus paid the price. You can do everything to make the outside look pretty good, but only God can work on the inside where the problem is, by the way. And so we're born again of the Spirit. So when we're born again, the Spirit of God comes in it's his resurrection life and that resurrection life is greater than sin greater than death greater than sickness we have life in us healing in us Jesus is in us oh thank God for that truth I want you to turn to Romans chapter 4 it's kind of being a going to be a little study on Romans since I started this so profusely as a young man. Romans chapter 4, verse 2.
For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. Verse 3. For what says the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Wow. That's interesting. Abraham believed, and he was made righteous. It sounds too simple. It sounds like we got to add something to it. Well, I'm going to address that in a minute. Look what it says in verse 5. This is the same chapter. But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, wait a minute. Somehow that doesn't make sense. And I want to remind you, maybe some of you know it, that the Protestant Reformation started when Martin Luther was studying in college. He was Catholic, and he was a professor too, and he was studying the book of Romans. These verses that I'm sharing with you today changed the world. These verses and this truth and Pentecostals, Baptists, all of us have justification in our statement of doctrine. It never would have happened unless these people, Martin Luther, one of them, had this great revelation as they read that holy book and as they were in the monastic system. You know what the monastic system was? It was a system of crucifying your body enough to make yourself good enough so God will accept you. So Martin Luther fasted profusely. In fact, he broke his health. He was never really healthy because he fasted so ardently and so seriously. They would put on sometimes coats that were very uncomfortable. That, uh, and also, this sounds almost crazy, but sometimes lions sleep on beds with spikes, anything to try to make God worthy to love them enough. That's how they lived. It's a pretty serious thing. You know, thank God for the sincerity. There's earnestness there. They were pursuing something. But thank God, one day, Martin Luther, were reading these verses. And Satan came to him. And Satan told him, you're a sinner. You'll always be a sinner. And so he said to the enemy, this is true. You can read it in his biography. He said, tell me my sins. And the enemy began to whisper to him. And he began to write them out. He wrote them out. Right? And then he took that piece of paper. And he put over it the blood of Jesus. And he rolled it in a ball. And he threw it in the garbage. Folks, you got to throw away your old striving. you got to throw away your self-righteousness. you got to throw away your dependence on anything else. There's one voice that speaks before God. It's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And when he speaks, and when you come to God through him, as I said earlier, God is honored, and he gives you his salvation, and he begins to make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. And so it's not of works of righteousness that we have done. It's by his grace that he has saved us. That word grace refers to unmerited favor. You can't merit it. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't get good enough for it. 
You've got to receive him and he begins the work. I want to begin to just read some of the power and the grace behind this subject. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 5 and let's read the first verse, all right? Romans chapter 5 verse 1. All right, together, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I often say in Romans we have two peace aspects of peace. First, peace with God, and then peace, the peace of God. Let me say it right. Peace with God, then the peace of God. The first one that comes is peace with God. You have nothing to do with this, except you come to Jesus. I'd like to say to this audience today, if you've come to Jesus, you're at peace with God. If you have not come to Jesus, you do not have peace with God. You might be, as I said, moral, church-going, believe there is a God. So you've got to receive him. How many believe that? You've got to open up your heart to him. But we, here it says we are justified by faith. We have peace with God. All right. Then in verse 7, it says, For scarcely for a righteous man one will die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Verse 8. I want that up on the screen. This is a tremendous verse in Romans, folks. Can you imagine when Martin Luther read this, how it shook him? Let's read verse 8. But God shows his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Well, they were trying to get out of their sinful, sinful state by works and all these different things in the monastic system that were kind of hard. But here he reads this verse, no, for scarcely for a righteous man would die, yet a good man would even some dare to die. But God shows his love toward us in while we were yet sinners. That's an important word. He didn't die for saints because none of us are saints in our own self. He died for sinners, say amen. He died to change things for us. He paid the price for us. And then it says here and it explains how this is enacted. Verse 9, but much more than being now justified by his blood. You know, some groups believe you don't ever know if you're going to get to heaven till you get there and find out you were good enough. Or you made it by the skin of your teeth. I want to tell you that is not what the Bible talks about. That is not true Christianity. It says much more than being now justified by his blood. If you've received Jesus, you are going to heaven. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. God is not sending his loved ones to hell. He has purchased us for himself. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So the wrath of God is removed because of what Jesus has done. Now here's a wonderful verse. Praise God. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled by the death of his son. Now you got that. That word reconcile and justification is kind of synonyms. So this talks about our sins being covered. God forgiving the state of our sinfulness. Let me read it. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled. Everyone here who is saved is in the reconciled state. You shall be saved by his life. I mentioned earlier that, oh, hallelujah, praise God. Praise God. This is simple, but I'm getting excited. Because resurrection life is in us. Jesus is in us. 
And Jesus is going to save us. He's going to make us whole. He's going to heal us. He's going to deliver us. In fact, folks, I got news for you. This old Yankee who was born in a Catholic church and didn't understand these things came through justification. I got my baptism. I speak in tongues. Don't let that scare anybody. It will help you out. (laughs) Hallelujah. I've been healed, but God has been showing me, Tom, something new. God's purpose is for his people to live in the overflow of blessing. God's purpose is for you to live in life and life more abundantly. God wants to bless your finances. I'm not a prosperity minister. I just believe he'll prosper us. I'm not a faith healer. I just know he's healer. Hallelujah. He changes everything. He makes all things new. And sometimes we get so churchy we take a little of Jesus because we still don't feel we're worthy enough for the whole shmeer. And I want to tell you, he wants you to have everything. Herein is your Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Hallelujah. Life and life more abundant. I have spoken these things unto you that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. So I've come out of church. So I don't trust anybody. I've come out. My wife says, shh. I've come out of religion. And have come in to the glorious revelation that we have a God that's amazing. And he wants to change everything. Hallelujah. Everything in your life he wants to correct and bring into life and life more abundant. Will you believe him for it? Will you begin to say, God, you're good. Okay, now you say, well, Pastor Mike, this sounds so, so simple. You know, you're just kind of one of these ministers. You're telling all this because you want to build a big church. Because most churches that are big have a very happy message. Let me tell you something. Come next week. It might not be exactly like this. (laughs) But I want to tell you why I believe so firmly, so ardently, so definitely That this thing is done for us. And I like how Paul puts it at the end of chapter 8. So we're going to kind of finish with this. Let's look at chapter 8 and verse 31. All right, I'm going to start with verse 31 of chapter 8 of Romans. If you have your Bibles, please turn to it. If you've got to look at it on your iPhone, go ahead. I told you, before the year's over, I'm going to preach from my iPhone. That will be a day, won't it? All right. Okay. Verse 31. Let's read it. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm going to read 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Meaning if he sent Jesus from heaven, his only begotten son, laid on him all your sins, your disease, your DNA, bad and good. He sent him to the cross to die. How shall he not with him freely give you all things? He proved his love by going to the cross for us. Then look what it says here. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. That elect is not that Calvinistic thing. That elect is those who come to God. Have you come to God? You're in the elect. Hallelujah. Didn't I make that simple? All right. 
Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Wow. It is God that justified this elect. Not themselves. It wasn't by their works. They were a mess. They couldn't get out of it. But I came into it and I cleared up the whole matter. I filled them with my love. I brought them to myself. I atoned for their sins. I broke the power of their sin. Who was he that condemneth? Listen to this. It is Christ that died. Yes, rather, is risen again and who is at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. So in a sense here, I feel like these scriptures are really, the enemy hates these. How many have here have had times of condemnation, times you felt unworthy, times you were just digging in and kind of not feeling like you were going to make it? And you know, here, God says to the enemy over you, it is Christ who died. No, rather, he's risen from the dead. You know what that means. Satan know what that means. When he raised from the dead, he raised you with him. Your victory is not only in the atoning blood, but the fact that you came out of the grave and you are a new creature in Christ and Satan knows it. And the only thing that can keep you there is his lies and deception. But Christ is risen. Christ is conquered. Christ is your victory. Christ is drawing you. And folks, you know another thing I found out? That when we live in condemnation, and we're trying to work it out ourselves in the wrong way, not in faith. We do worse because it's powerless. But when we take our position, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, someone speak in tongues. <laughs> when we take by faith who he is, he begins to work that victory in us. All right. In conclusion. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sakes we are killed all the day long. We are accounted for sheep as the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, oh hallelujah, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, I, had, I wish I had a little more of that, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This whole salvation was purchased by a God who loved us. As bad as we were, when we were at our worst, when we were running from him, when we were going our own way, it was then we were on his mind. It was then that he pursued us. It was then that he cared for us. So it's not that we just loved him, but that he first loved us and he gave himself for us. You say, oh, I know this all, but believe me, the enemy's after us to doubt his love at times. Let's just thank him today for full and free salvation that he has purchased. Let's come up into all that he has for us in this house and recognizing his awesome goodness and love and his care for us and thank God for his plan. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Now, if you love him, if you received his grace, 
and you're thankful for the price he paid, I want you to stand. And we're just going to praise him before we go and thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I wanted you to say something. Lisa, we didn't get a chance. So you come and you, you pray for us right now. Number five, Robert. Here was a woman who walked in a very different way than she walked today. Because God loved her. And now she goes to prisons and people are set free. And she's going throughout the country telling her testimony. Lisa is an example of what I've spoke about today. He doesn't just polish us up. He transforms us. Thank God for his good hand. Thank God. I praise him. I worship him. Lisa, whatever you want to say and you pray, you do that, all right? Oh, Jesus. Father, we just love you so much, God. Sometimes it's hard to put words to the feelings that we have, God. You're just so good. And God, I know that you came to seek and save the lost. And that whisper that Bill sang about, that whisper, I remember when the ropes of death entangled me and the grave wrapped its arms around me. And I called out on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he rescued me. Thank you, Lord. And his blood is just as valuable and powerful and miraculous today as it was on the day that he hung on that cross. And he cried out to the Father. And he said, it is finished. It is finished. He's bigger than the sun. He's bigger than the moon. He's bigger than the stars. He's bigger than any problem you have. He's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than liver disease. He's bigger than addiction. He's bigger than alcoholism. He's bigger than depression. Thank you, Lord. A drop of his blood dilutes anything that the devil has. A drop of his blood is an arsenal that can destroy anything that Satan tries to bring against us. And the good news is, all you got to do is say amen. Amen. I believe you, Lord. Hallelujah. I believe you, Lord. I believe you can heal me. I believe you died on the cross for me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Keep going, Lisa. He loves each and every one of us in such a special way. And I'll tell you what, there ain't nothing you've done that is too dirty for God. There is nothing that you've done that God can't pull you out of that hole and put you where he wants you. Listen, I used to walk the streets of Washington, D.C. and sell my body for $20 rock of crack cocaine. But look at me. Just look at me. Just look what God has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And not only my life, not only my life. a daughter who went through a liver transplant two years ago in this church prayed us through. These pastors right here were my lifeline to Jesus. 
And I want to tell you there's a scare right now that's coming through medical tests that's trying to tell us that that didn't work. And I'm here to tell you, it's the blood of Jesus. It's a drop of his blood that is going to annihilate every plan that he has for my daughter. Because he's bigger. Because while we're out there sinning, while we're out there in our own life, he hung on that cross. You know, got a revelation. When God healed me, I had five unplanned pregnancies when I was out there. And I had five abortions. And it broke my heart when I got saved. And it was the last thing that God took from me. It was the last pain, the last shame that I had that was in here. And his letter to me said, Lisa, I love you. And I would have hung on that cross if you were the only person on this earth. He loves you. When he spreads his arms and he cries out to his father, he was crying your name. And I'm not here today to feel bad. I'm alive, baby. And not only am I alive, I am spreading the good news. You see, God uses broken vessels. Amen, he does. Thank God. Because in your brokenness is when the light can shine through. And light is truth. You're only as sick as what you're afraid to talk about. Whatever your secrets are, baby, that's what you is gonna, that's what's gonna keep you sick. Confess it. Open your heart and let him in and let him use you in a mighty way. He died for us to have not just life, but abundant life exceedingly beyond what we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. And I can tell you right now, I could never have imagined 28 years ago that I would stand in front of people and be able to speak about how he changed me. Hallelujah. Not just changed Hallelujah. me, he has transformed Thank you, Lord. me. Thank you. And I'm a living testimony. And see, the thing about God is what he did for me, he does for you. And what he does for you, he does for that baby girl of yours. See, that's that's the thing. It doesn't matter where you came from. It does, I don't have any silver spoon in my mouth. I told you what I did. But see, he doesn't care about that. Because he loves us from the inside out. So I today just beseech you. Don't let anything hold you back. Don't let shame grab your heart and tell you you're not valuable pastor just preached the message he said while you were sinning while you were sinning I died for you and his blood, his righteousness is the thing that makes us whole just walk in it It, be happy about it it is a day to celebrate let's just give him a praise and thank him for what he's doing in our lives thank you Jesus we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the miracle in her life, Jesus. God has miracles for everyone here. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the blood. Thank you with me. Thank you, Lord, that you purchased salvation for whosoever will may come and take 
of the water of life freely. For all that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We just praise you today that we can hear your word, that we can be strengthened in our faith to throw off the old and to come to you confidently. Sure that, Lord, you will save us to the uttermost, that you will give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you. I want to give you a verse in closing. It says, now looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Look to Jesus and live. Praise God.